Oscar Poker. Cheap sunglasses to hide the tears When you break down in a star Extra napkins underneath the seat When you're crying in your car Cable TV when you can't sleep After playing in a bar Every night you're here to help me Blessed friend of the guitar There's hardly words that a man can say About how things are going on About the heartbreak he so it puts okay, it here we go with our uh, latest podcast. Uh, nice to speak to you again, Sasha. This is um, Monday morning, a day late, because we wanted to see Bridge of Spies and have that uh, embargo all done with before uh, we, we did this. And to just sum up, if you could, in 100 words or less, your reaction to Bridge, to Bridge of Spies. Well, I'm, you know... I'm a Spielberg fan, so I tend to like his movies a lot. I didn't like War Horse, as you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but this movie I found to be engaging and interesting and moving. Uh, just Why? For a, what reasons? A class act to me, top to bottom. I, I actually love the movie, but I have a feeling I was the only one <laughs> who did. In that screening room? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, where, how did, where did you get that feeling? It By seemed talking to, to get, people? yeah, talking to people after. Everybody said it was a good movie. Um, but I felt like I was really the only one that found it to be a great movie. You know, I was very enthusiastic about it and I felt that everybody else was saying, yeah, it was really good. But, Mm. you know, um, some people were saying it with a reserved reaction, I thought, compared to, to how I felt. Why is it that every time, um, um, we, we, well, I'm answering my own question. Every time his movies first get screened to an industry audience, there is this, uh, impulse, a very strong uh, impulse ba- based on decades of his being popular and a moneymaker and, and a name brand that people wanted to defer as much as possible to his legend mm. and want to uh, be as obliging as they can to whatever his, because he's, he, he knows what he's doing. He's a good filmmaker. Mm, he's yeah. not someone who's just tossing them out cynically. Right. So, um, I, I, but I, but, but I didn't feel rocket fuel coming out of this thing. I felt, um, respect, and engagement, particularly for anyone who, say, is in their 40s and older, right, 35 plus at least. That's right. Who uh, you know who have a dim recollection of the days when when Russia was a ogreish superpower that we had to be concerned about, and uh, it uh, you know kind of it takes place in 1957 to the early 60s. And it's uh, it's about espionage, but of a very low uh, low not lower energy, but but um, shaded, and and dialogue driven mm. and character driven, and uh, a lot of kind of a you know, like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Would you feel that I, I analogy? I, I felt that that movie was very cold. Like I didn't, okay. it didn't, I didn't feel as warm to it as this one because. Really, the the performers in that film were 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 kind of reserved. You know, they were they mm. were hiders, and and Tom Hanks is not a hider. He's he's his emotion is right on the surface, mm-hmm. and he's the one carrying you through this movie. And so he's such a good actor, he's like on the Spencer Tracy level of he's guiding the audience through this thing. But 
you have to pay close attention. You have to listen really hard. You have to stay with him through the long, long movie that's very quiet, very thoughtful, and nothing big really happens. Why'd you call it long, long? It felt long to me. I don't know. How long is it? Two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, so that's long. <laughs> that's long. Well, wait a minute. No, is it one, no, it's 135. Sorry. Two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, oh. that's pretty long. I mean, it felt long, mm. but not... It didn't bore me at all. It's the kind of movie that, that interests me because it it um, it kept my my curiosity peaked mm-hmm. and my interest level high in what was going to happen. I didn't know anything about the real story. And Mark Rylance is so good that every scene he's in is fantastic. And, yeah. and I guess Tom Hanks just kind of kept me guessing. Like, I didn't know where it was going. I certainly didn't think it was going to turn into a movie about an unlikely friendship between a KGB spy and an American lawyer. I never thought yeah. it was going to go there. That's for sure. Mm. So I was really moved and surprised by the way that relationship played out. The ending is incredible. I thought the ending is good. And what it amounts to is that the fate of a, of a young man uh, who has been captured by the East Germans on suspicion of espionage. What was his last name again? I have it in my column. And I'm the, not looking the, at it. As the we real speak. guy you mean? The young guy who was um, oh the was, the porter or um, you mean there's two there's port there's the the porter. This is embarrassing. We both were there. We can't remember the guy's <laughs> name. I feel like I'm in all the presidents' bed. P is for porter. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, it's a uh, it's like yeah. There's two of them and they both start with P. And his the, name is Frederick Pryor. His Pryor. actual real name. Who's still with us today <laughs> yeah. and, and a resident at Swarthmore uh, oh, College. That's right. And that's and that's that's why these. He was a young a- academic at the time, and he had yeah. apparently a girlfriend, and he was arrested by the East German police right as the wall was going up, at least according to what the film has told us. <clears throat> and he is also rescued or saved or it's changed. Touch that we, mm. we should be more precise about it uh, by uh, this thing, this the swap deal arranged by Tom Hanks's character yeah. when he goes to Berlin in part two of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and and part two, I think everybody would agree is far superior to part one. But part one, I, gives I, us... I actually disagree. Oh, okay. Well, I heard because, a lot of people say that. Yeah, because it's more Spielberg. It's more. It, there's more movieish elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get to see the wall being built, and you get to see the suspense ratcheted up. And there's that scene on the on the bridge. My understanding, incidentally, that the swap on the it's called the Glenicky Glenicky mm-hmm. Bridge. Yeah, it's it's in the western part of Berlin. Uh, I actually visited that when I was during one of my trips to, to Berlin. Mm-hmm. It was you know it was very uh, done very on the um, on the down low. I mean, this is not something that they were looking to draw attention to in any way, shape, or form. Naturally, because Spielberg needs to be cinematic, he has it uh, lit with very strong light and shadows. And, you know, it, it's almost like it's a, a show at the Radio City Music Hall. There's so much light on this bridge. Yeah. You know, this is Spielberg. He, you know, it, it, it was probably not lit at all or, or lit as minimally as possible, but they, they need to make it cinematic. And this is what he does. He's. You know, he punches these things up, he manipulates, he emphasizes in, in ways that gets your attention. Because he's a good filmmaker, you know, he has good instincts. But this one, but, less than most, I would have to say, even less than Lincoln, there, there aren't a lot of Spielberg face moments. There aren't a lot, and John Williams is not doing the score for this. He's doing yeah. Star Wars this year. Yeah. And uh-huh. so he has Thomas Newman doing the score, which I think is just fantastic. I mean... Yeah, this isn't a movie I could, for instance, take my daughter to see. I mean, I might be able to sit her down with oh. it and explain it to her and say, this is what's going on. But, you know, only a guy like Spielberg, only someone that powerful could make a big studio movie this quiet 
and this subdued. Like, it's just, I think people like a lot of the bloggers coming out of the New York Film Festival did not know what to make of it. <laughs> like, it didn't give them enough material to hate. And yet they couldn't really love it because it's definitely not their speed, not their channel. You know, it's like the 20 somethings are not going to go for this movie unless they happen to be Spielberg fans. Or I talked to Todd McCarthy's young son after the screening. If he is at all uh, like your, if he has any similarities to your daughter's attitude about movies like this, your daughter's not going to be that thrilled by this film. Well, but the difference between her and most other teenagers is that she has a really keen interest in history. She's okay. into, like, she really wants to see Hamilton, for instance, because she's fascinated by Aaron Burr. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How many teenagers do you know would say that? So, I mean, she's, she is interested in history. Okay. And she might, right. she might be actually interested in that, but it, it would be hard for her to focus on that quiet of a story for that long. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it's um, the, so you were reading what the blogger community in New York was saying, and I take it what you're saying is they, they didn't feel huge uh, rivers of enthusiasm, but they were didn't find anything dislikable about it. That's, that's sort of what I got. Yeah. I got into a little bit with um, with Kyle Buchanan from Vulture, mm -hmm. and he was saying that he didn't think it was going to go the distance, and that um, he thought it was going to be more like Amistad. And I was thinking. Maybe he's right, but there's also the possibility that if they nominated his last two movies, Warhorse and uh, Lincoln, there's a pretty good chance that this movie will get in. And the reason being... Get into Best Picture? I don't know, maybe. Is that what you mean by getting in? Because that's not going to happen. Well, I you guarantee don't know you that's that not sure. happening. No, you can't guarantee me that. And I'll tell you oh, exactly that's silly. why. That's no? really silly. Look I at mean, that's, this just doesn't have the... This is a, this is a good, uh, mature, well rendered i didn't have that many problems with it but it can just you doesn't name have me the juice. name me the films that were nominated last year and tell me how many of those movies you think had the juice to actually get in for best picture why well, i don't have the encyclopedic you, recall at, of last year okay but uh, well, did you look at theory of everything and think that movie is going to get in for best picture well yes here's why because of the uh those two emotional moments one when he steps out of his chair to pick up the pencil that someone has dropped i thought it was actually quite beautiful in a, in, a, in a sort of academy movie type of way, that got me emotionally. And there's yeah. one other moment where he, um, what's the other moment? Uh, I remember there was the he gets out of the chair, and that was that was great. What was the other? Th oh yeah, the the uh, at the very end, in in a in a in a, in a parallel um, in a visual definition of the of one of his concepts about mm. time rushing backwards or compressed time. The whole movie went backwards. All right, but here's in the, the key scenes. That was a good moment, uh, also. It was fine. Come on, that movie didn't. I mean, but the, that's what the Academy likes. They like that stuff. So what? And, and, and I, I think, got it. You know. I know, but come on. I mean, at some point we have to abandon this whole idea of you know dumbing things way, way down because we're going to run out of movies here pretty quickly. We're already almost out of movies, and last year's slate I thought was pretty weak, and I thought that that I think that. The thing about Bridge of Spies is I think you're right that right off the top of the bat, you're not going to say, yeah, this movie's definitely in for Best Picture. Like, you would never mm -hmm. make that declaration about it. But here are a couple of things to consider about mm -hmm. that. Number one, as Ann Thompson always says, you build Best Picture branch by branch. Well, this movie's got art direction. It's got score. It's going to have um, probably editing because Michael Kahn is so beloved. Um, cinematography seems like a slam dunk. Now we got we're moving on to the actors. We've got Mark Rylance. We've got Sasha, Tom Hanks. The cinematography is exactly the same. The type of cinematography that Janusz Kaminski 
brings out with every film he does for Spielberg. He always goes for the, you know, the the intense white floodlight feeling coming from right. windows. And do you and need everything. me to name all the the films he's been nominated for 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 the Oscar for um, for cinematography? I'm just saying, like, you look at the crafts people are the ones who put in Best Picture, and they usually vote for their friends, and they usually vote for the people who are most respected in their category. If you uh -huh. get enough people picking Bridge of Spies for those categories, there's a pretty good chance. I, I would say it has about the same chance as a lot of the quote-unquote lower-tiered movies that we're looking at for Best Picture. If you want to go through the Best Picture contenders right now and uh -huh. tell me which 10 you would name, let's do it. But I can tell you that... Um, Kaminsky was nominated for Lincoln, War Horse. Um, oh my God, he was. Diving he was nominated for War. I forgot that. That was really a horse. He movie. was even nominated for Amistad. Okay, so they love the guy, right? And yeah. mm -hmm. so the chances of him getting in for cinematography are pretty high. But let's talk about Best Picture just really fast, just so I can show you how it is possible that this movie is getting in. Um, all right, so you tell mm -hmm. me. Just start naming your movies that you think are going to get in, and let's see how many we got. Um, well, I'm, I'll allow that. I thought that for, you know, Brooklyn was going to get in, but I guess, I guess people seem to think that's, that's too gentle and too periody and it's not strong enough. Really? So I guess that, I don't know. I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's one of the best I think I have little it on films my list. I've seen all year. And I think it's just sublime. It really has it, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just not feeling others, uh, having told me that they, they, they feel it's strong. Uh, Carol, I think is a, is a very likely one. Uh, um, I'm. I, I would be 50-50 on whether the Danish girl actually makes it in. I don't know if the people are necessarily going to tumble for this thing. All right, well, I let's, think... let's take off the part about what the Academy is going to think. Let's just go with what, what are the movies that you think are deserving of Best Picture. Oh, of Brooklyn, Carol, um, um, jo probably Joy, definitely Love and Mercy. I know it's not going to make it in. Um, uh, uh, definitely Revenant, definitely, absolutely, without a question, Spotlight. And probably Steve Jobs because it's it's audacious and it's it's doing something that you have to at least you know step back and respect. Mm -hmm. And I and I believe in truth, but nobody, very few others, uh, so far seem to be on my page. That's how that's what I feel about. All it. right, so take off love and mercy, take off truth, and now you've got two slots open to put in. And yes, it's a very competitive year, and to that end, it's probably likely the Bridge of Spies could get shut out. However, mm -hmm. you have to. You have to consider the fact that the all of the movies coming up, mm -hmm. the chances of them all making it are pretty slim. So the chances of joy, of joy, um, the Revenant, the Hateful Eight, all of these movies of them getting in, like they're not all going to get in. Even though I have them all predicted right now, I know that three of them aren't going to be in. So here's my list. You ready? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just putting it up in my column today, and you're going to hate it because you're going to get so mad. But um, The Martian. The Revenant, mm -hmm. Spotlight, Steve mm -hmm. Jobs, Joy, mm -hmm. Sight Unseen, Bridge yeah. of Spies, mm -hmm. Room, Brooklyn, <laughs> The Hateful Eight, and Beast of No Nation. That's like Jeff Wells' worst nightmare. <laughs> well, I haven't seen uh, Hateful Eight, but I have a pretty good idea of what it is from having seen the stage version and having read the script also. And uh, I'd be flabbergasted if it, if it makes uh, Best Picture. I really and the, would. And the um, the question marks I have, the ones that I don't know about, are mm. you are youth. I don't know if that's going to go. Carol, I'm worried that Carol isn't going to be a top five. 
you know, voters are all picking their top five. Favorite. Sure. That's how it's, I guess that that's how it's done. So exactly. I, I'm worried right. that Carol isn't going to be a top five. I, I seem to be talking to more and more people who tell me they didn't like it. Guys, men, you know, so I'm worried about Carol. Mad Max Fury Road's probably out because it came out too early. Sicario, I mean, is that even going to play? Like Rod Lurie told me it was his favorite movie of the year so far, Sicario, which... She doesn't... It, it has to have a protagonist who has some goal or some dream or something that, that, that you uh, want them to achieve. I don't know what she's looking to achieve in this thing. She's basically hoping to understand what's going on and, and to try and figure out why... Benicio and, and Josh Brolin and others aren't following what she understands to be standard, reasonable procedure in capturing bad guys or doing... She's a proceduralist. She believes in going by the book and, you know, following the rules of her, uh, of the DEA and all that. And she's mm -hmm. totally behind the eight ball, um, her, her character, all the way through. And the, the only person who really knows what an existential uh, shootout, Wild West shootout this thing is, is Benicio. Benicio is the... He's really the star. You know, yeah, he's yeah. the star. He's the protagonist. And yeah. um, so I looked back at last year's um, Oscar predictions to see who had what around this time of year. And everybody, the highest everybody got was six. I had six out of eight. And mm -hmm. Ann Thompson had six out of eight. Right. And the only person who had seven was Dave Carger. He was the only one who had predicted in October seven out of eight of the potential best picture nominees to get in. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that surprised me a little bit. Um, but I'm looking at gold and, you know, Pete Hammond has taken his predictions out. He's no longer doing gold derby or gurus of gold. He's just decided he doesn't want to do it anymore. So I mean, not even in December. He's never, I don't even... know about in December, but right now he says he doesn't want to rank them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm looking at the, I'm trying to find the predictions, um, are all over the place on gold derby right now. There's definitely no, mm -hmm. um, consensus among pundits at all i mean except for basic the basic movies that seem to be everybody predicting is like the revenant steve jobs spotlight room and mm -hmm. carol those are all being predicted by everybody it looks like um i think you're probably right and they are probably right about room um i expect that that will be the case um and i don't have any art but i don't i really would would doubt um about hateful eight and I don't, um, and I would one openly wonder if, um, if, um, well, let's just say that I'm, I'm very doubtful about hateful way. I'll let it go at that. Okay. And I, I just don't think that there's enough going on in, in the Spielberg film to really get people's enthusiasm. It's more of a film that you respect and you, and you, uh, admire from, in a certain way, but you, you don't feel, uh, if Tom Hanks is playing the same, um, uh, honorable and uh, Atticus Finch-like character that yeah. he's played over and over again. I mean, right. this is a, he's an iconic actor, and he plays iconic characters. And yeah. I don't know that you can, there's a lot of room to get excited about that. Right. Uh, whereas Rylance is kind of a new new flavor, and he's got something very subdued and yet very uh, very on target all the way through. And and he really he does the nice thing. He does the good thing, as we all know at the end. Which I won't reveal, but he's uh, but it's a good character and it's a good arc. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like everything I know about the Oscar race tells me that Bridge of Spies mm. is going to be a nominee, but yeah. everybody else is saying no. And after last mm. year, I find like I feel like it's kind of hard for me to trust my instincts, even though I did pretty well. By October, everybody mm. last year already knew six of the movies that were going to go. The only thing left were 
um, American Sniper and Selma. And those were the last two movies to be added to make eight. All the other movies right. were left off. So Foxcatcher was one everybody was predicting. I was really high on Gone Girl. Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. people were hoping would get in. But right. at the end of the day, it was a pretty easy year to predict Best Picture. In fact, it was so boring because it was really easy to predict. Everything that was nominated came out before, um, you know, before AFI, before November. It was They were all seen and released. We knew it was going to be down to Birdman, Boyhood, or Imitation Game. Those were the three strongest movies. We knew it was going to be one of those. Right now, the only movie anybody is talking about for Best Picture is Spotlight. No one's talking about any other. That's why I'm trying to shake things up a little bit with putting the Martian in there just because the chances of it being spotlight are got to be slim, right? Because the movie that we always have out front around this time rarely makes it to the end. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's always some other movie. So what movie is it that we're not seeing that could be the winner here? You know, well, joy or the, or the revenant, those are the two that we won't be seeing until late in the game. Right. And, um, and so that means um, that this, this will be the different year. This will be the year that finally breaks with tradition that says but the movie that just, I, you know and I know I don't think that Spotlight is going to be uh, to encounter some brick wall it's not going to start to be denigrated there's not going to be any anti-Spotlight contingent no it's just too workmanlike and steady and reliable and honorable and, and it's extremely um, watchable and compelling and has a moral current that goes through it it's, it's just got um, everything that I that I want from this kind of <clears throat> procedural this kind of journalism movie and um, right. it's, just, not, it's not going to drop you know it's going to stay it's not going to drop but movies like that don't win I mean because they need some kind of a driving force they need a, a, a um, you know a, an urgency to vote for it well people feel good makes you feel good just the way uh, you know it makes you feel good about, about uh, things working out and about people doing the right thing and about uh, persistence and diligence uh, leading to to to, to results that we all want right, but in society. Right, but as I pointed out to Ann Thompson last night, <coughs> yesterday, mm-hmm. that appeals to journalists, but we don't know that it appeals to Oscar voters and industry people. You know, Like I, Bruce Feldman? Why, what did Bruce Feldman say? You keep talking <laughs> about him. He, well, Bruce Feldman is, you know, uh, you, you, you wrote a critical thing about him once because he was a, um, what was it about? It was about, he was in an audience. A, a little gathering for a Vanity Fair uh, panel, and he was, I guess, one of the people uh, listening and commenting. And I think it was something along the lines of he was not as responsive or interested in 12 Years a Slave. Was that it? Was, wasn't it that year? <laughs> what, you don't want to say anything? Is that it? I know You're acting like I know this Bruce Feldman story. I don't even you know. You wrote it. something about him. You put it in your column. Oh, you had right, a piece about right, it. right, right, right. So maybe I'm getting Alzheimer's. <laughs> I could be. You just told me uh-huh. about something that I should have remembered. Anyway, Bruce is a smart, wise guy, and he's patient and he's, he's measured. But he has oh, his Bruce, sort of right. academy academy member way of looking at things. And I was saying to him um, that Bruce, when <clears throat> whenever you and your and your and your peers and your your crowd sees a film, whatever it's getting in Telluride or Toronto, and there are people at, at those festivals. Their pores are open. They're looking for something to move them, to lift them up, to stir them. And they go wild if they love something. And if there's all this current, then it comes back here. And then it shows in front of the Academy audiences. And the energy always drops. It always sinks down because there are people that are just not that engaged. They're kind of saying, well, just show me. You know, I'm not. And his basic reaction to Spotlight was, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't love it. 
Oh, I'm not God. over the moon. Gad. And I just would like to see, you know, what the hell else is going to come along. I'm not a journalist. I think it's you guys and your tell your See, there you go. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking about it. I'm not, I'm saying it's in the top three. It's in the top three for sure. But I, I agree that I feel like there's kind of a weird sort of unspoken conflict between people like us, critic and critics, mm-hmm. versus industry voters. I think they, they like not like picking what we choose. They don't want to take the, their lead from us and the only time they do is when it's a movie like the artist where anybody who sees it is going to love it no matter who it is it overrides everything i didn't love it i was underwhelmed distinctly when i saw it in Cannes, and i was more and more appalled as the year went on and it became uh, more and more likely that it was going to be a best picture winner i thought it was a very underwhelming film it was a gimmick yeah. film and well, you talk I, about it like it was some kind of, you know. I'm just talking. I'm not talking about how I reacted to it or how you reacted. To it. I'm talking about how the general person sitting down watching it reacts to it. You know? uh-huh. And and that's what we have to worry about with Spotlight. It's not a movie as I thought it was that anybody can sit. You down make it sound almost boring. It's not a boring film. I at all. loved Spotlight. You can't say that I didn't. I've seen it twice, and I think it has the goods. I think it's heads and shoulders better than any other movie except Beast of No Nation, which I still think is the best movie of the year so far. Mm. But um, but I think that voters in a consensus vote aren't necessarily going to be passionate about it. They're not all going to go sitting around a room and go, wow, that was such a good movie, wasn't it? Didn't you love that movie Spotlight? Like, yeah. They're not, they're not yeah, going to be doing that. Well, there's that, you're indicating that there's something subdued and not that stirring about it, and that's just not a, a, a fair way to describe it. Okay, but I'm saying that if a movie like Martian, The Martian is a bigger threat because it is a movie that a lot of people really like. and It's a popcorn movie, Sasha. Well, you know, know it's a popcorn movie. But it it's something matter. that's made to make you feel good about life and things can work out and, and we can get together with the Chinese and pool resources and we can all kind of do the humanistic thing to save one guy. Uh, you know, bureaucracies generally don't move uh, uh, move mountains to save the life of a single person. Well, I think that it's something you should think about. I think it's you're underestimating it in terms of this race. But I hear what you're saying, and I understand. You know, somebody put a meme up on Facebook that was so funny. It said, we're going to go broke saving Matt Damon. It's like saving Private <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Interstellar, and <laughs> now the Martians. Yeah, like, yeah. Someone's spending all this money to go save Matt Damon from... <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he so. has to go off to a foreign country and stay there for another six months and just you know meditate or something because he yeah. got himself into two tussles uh, online and he's being uh, he's he really had a bad run there. So. <laughs> go somewhere and meditate. <laughs> but you know, I was surprised looking back at the article I wrote last year around mm-hmm. this time. It was actually a little bit later in October. It wasn't quite right this second, but mm-hmm. I've, I looked at the list and I thought, wow, you know, except for two movies, for the most part, we you know. We sort of had this race, at least five of, uh, and six of the films down. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. year, I feel like we're all kind of all over the place, and no one, there's no real consensus or focus on, on what movies people agree on. It, there just isn't right now. So I, I think it's a really strange year. It's, although, I must say, it always feels that way. And then when you look back on it, you're like, well, we all knew what movies were, were popular. What do you think about our our friend Jane Fonda and her shot at best? Let's talk about the best supporting actress and wrap this up. Where right. she's uh, you were you had her before we went down uh, went up to Santa Barbara in the seventh place. Now, why did you have her that far down initially? You were saying that you were thinking that she's um, you know she's very strong and she really punches through that movie Youth and she has that little six minute or seven minute scene, but it mm. really registered. Why did you have her rank relatively low, and why did you change your mind? 
I, I think because the supporting actress category, like the supporting actor category, is going to be filled with a lot of almost lead performances, like Rooney Mara and Alicia Vikander. That's two slots, and those are really strong. Is, so that that is how you pronounce Alicia's last name. You give it a V sound, Vikander. Well, how do you pronounce it? No, I don't know. I, I'm I'm totally uh, a student. I I haven't. A, I was going to say Vikander. I don't know. I haven't. A, I haven't a clue. <laughs> You're probably right. Always go with what you think, because. I'm sure I'm wrong about that, but um, but Pete Hammond said Vikander also, uh, yeah. so you must have heard it somewhere. Maybe you've heard it on. T- somebody must have it figured out. But. I've never heard anyone say it out loud. Okay. <laughs> but okay. yeah, those two for sure. I was thinking that Jane Fonda's was a little mm-hmm. too um, short, too small of a cameo. That it wasn't really a substantial role, but. Martin Balsam won for one scene in A Thousand Clowns. I know. And I know. Beatrice Strait won for that one scene where I she know, loses her shit in, in network. It's the same type of thing. No, it's different because the, the times are different now. Back then, we had real leading roles for women. Now we have mostly supporting roles for women. We don't have a lot of leading roles, good leading roles, and, and, and you can afford to have cameos. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to be really, really competitive um, for, for that category. But I think after seeing Jane Fonda again and watching that scene and seeing her out and about and knowing that she's doing, um, you know, Jackie and um, whatever that show is on Gracie and Jackie on Netflix. And, she, mm-hmm. you know, she's out there. She's going to be competing. So, she, yeah. you know, well, so you've got her. You've got um, Elizabeth Banks, Love and Mercy. You've got Kate Winslet, Steve Jobs. That's four slots. Now you've got one slot left. You've got. Mm-hmm. Joan Allen in room. Why do you think um, Kate Winslet necessarily for Love and Mercy? She really is just bickering and haranguing all through the movie. It's it's kind of the same note all through. I mean, he's a, he's a dick. He doesn't want to acknowledge his daughter. She's uh, trying to you know uh, be get him to be sensible, get get him to be a little more uh, considerate to other people, particularly his daughter. But it's the same thing. She's she's bickering with him throughout the entire film. What is so great about that? I, you don't have to tell me. I'm not the one saying it's great. I'm saying that she's Kate Winslet, and she has a major supporting, which is like a lead role. So it's basically mm-hmm. Vikander, um, Winslet, uh, and who's the other one that's definitely a lead role that's in a, a supporting? We were just talking about her. Um, oh, Rudy Mara. Yeah, which is mainly a lead, but it's being... Run as a supporter. And, and same with Alicia Vikander as lead. And so yeah. Rooney Mara, Alicia Vikander, Kate Winslet, those are three leading roles, and they're going to mm-hmm. be put in supporting just because they can't go into lead. Right. So it's strange. So okay. let's talk more about it, that fun, our fun evening with Jane Fonda. So I noticed that she kind of was like, had a thing for you a little bit. Did you pick up on that vibe? <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's just uh, the nature of um, of of these uh, events. You know, if there's anything that you like about somebody, you want to let them know it. And uh, I always do when I meet an actor who I like even one or two of their performances. I, I generally tell them, so I, I don't think it means a, a whole lot. But I, yeah, it was nice to have be thumped in the chest. That was a that was a good feeling. I know. I, I've never actually. I mean, I've known you a long time, and I've seen you with a lot of women. I met. Um, I mean, I've seen you with women, you know, just out there in the world talking to them, but I've, I've never really seen you with a celebrity person who locks on like that. Like, uh-huh. she just was, like, charmed immediately. And yeah, uh, she kind of yeah. lit up like a firefly talking to you. Mm. Um, she obviously really liked you. And 
the only kind of touch and go moment was when you asked her if she's been back to Vietnam. I thought, oh God, <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna think he's talking about you know Hanoi Jane and all that. So she looked well, a little bit taken aback, and then you just were like, yeah, you know, I've been there a few times, and the people are really nice. And she saw that, oh, you're just, you're just gonna talk about Vietnam, yeah, okay. actual Vietnam. Okay, fine. So she started talking, relaxing a little, and talking. You guys talked for quite a while, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we hung out for a little bit, but you know. It was very nice, very, very pleasant, uh, you know, um, you know. It, it seemed like oh, it. I was very awkward with her, unfortunately. I wish I hadn't been, but um, she... When you, when you feel you know somebody and you've lived through their, you, you've heard about everything they're going through for 30, 40 years, yeah. after, you know, it, 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 you know, you feel uh, probably some kind of kinship that's not, you know, really genuine in the, in the, in the live face-to-face -face sense that most of us have relationships with people for, for many decades. But you do feel this kinship this, because you've been with them for so long and they've been in your hearts and your heads. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been watching her since the days of Cat Baloo. So that's, that's a long time. Yeah. yeah. I was really impressed with her sort of no bullshit personality. You know, she was not someone who suffers fools. Yeah. I liked that about her. I, you don't usually see that with Hollywood people. You know, she yeah. seemed really honest and very direct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of living in the moment of who she is now and, and not sort of like, I'm Jane Fonda, you know, appreciate me because I'm such a legend. She didn't seem yeah. like that at all, you know. And she was so gracious. You know, this awful thing happened whenever people come up and ask for selfies. Um, yeah. It's so easy to have a, to take a picture. You know, you can do it with one hand if you know what you're doing. You just hit it and you can hit it twice. Bing, bing. And you've got two, two shots. This the mayor of uh, Santa Barbara and I guess a, a, a husband or a friend of hers and another woman. And they all got Jane to pose for a selfie. And the guy put his phone up and he was struggling. To, <laughs> and it didn't work. And, they were, and Jane, Jane was holding her smile and she goes, OK, this is going to happen. We're going to get this photo. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> it went on and on. How can these people do this? God, that was funny. I know. Technologically I klutzy. Do you have to be? To not know how to take a selfie of yourself. The whole thing is just do it quickly. Just bang and you're done, you know. I guess not if you're the mayor of Santa Barbara. You need that picture to hang on your walls. This is me with Jane Font. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a pretty nice affair. I don't know who those yeah. people were. You know, I guess they're like rich Santa Barbara people at the, at the place, you know. But, um, but I was happy to honor her. I think she's just a really cool... Mm -hmm. down to earth you know i hope that we see more of her during the awards race i hope she does get nominated and that she's yeah. around and i hope she gets to go to the oscars i think it would be my friend was telling me michael was telling me it's been 20 years since she was up for an oscar and that was for the morning after Remember wow that? that was a long time with sydney lumet that was mm. in 85 he's saying i love that movie. 85 around there yeah jeff bridges that's a really good movie she's great in it um and right before what was the last film of any note that she did before she kind of semi-retired and got married to Ted Turner and everything. Was that Stanley and Iris in 89? Yeah, I think so. I think. And, and I mean, it's... Or 90? Yeah, I think it was that. And then she went off with Ted Turner. And you listen yeah. to that podcast, that Sex, Death, and Money that she does. And she says that she just... She loved him. He was a nice guy. You know, it was weird having all those big houses and everything. But that at yeah. the end of the day, she really didn't like that lifestyle. It wasn't him so much. It was... She mm -hmm. wanted to just be, you know, have a more vital life, you know, but she wanted to do things. She wanted to go and, you know, and hike in the mountains and spend time alone and work. You know, she was mm -hmm. bored, I think, with that relationship. Mm -hmm. She's just bored sitting around with Ted Turner, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, she's pretty open. She was talking about how she needs her private time, and uh, we all love that, of course. And and uh, she, how she goes everywhere with her dog. No matter. I saw her with her dog once at the West Side Pavilion, coming out of a theater. I was like, now who gets to bring their dog yeah. to a theater to a movie at the West Side Pavilion? I, I went, of course, Jane Fonda does. <laughs> Wow, that's a trip. I, I like her. I think she's very cool. Um, yeah. Really cool person. So, You've been listening to episode 111 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. We will be back next week with another episode. And the bumper music today was Blessed Friend of the Guitar by Patrick Sweeney. And Heartbeat Chili by Aloe Darling. Thanks for listening. In the kitchen on my own Making chili You came in with an onion And got Dyson It seems silly But this chili has two hard Beats in the recipe Come over, give your heart to me I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep a close watch on this heart of mine
seems silly, but spaghetti has two hot beats in the recipe. So come over, give your heart to me. So come over, give your heart to me. I adore you, give your heart to me.